Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Hey there, perfect peeps. Welcome back to another episode of CodingCat.dev podcast. I have Emma in the studio today. How's it going, Emma? It's going good. We are, we are down a member. Brittany is floating around in Denver, I think probably doing a conference or something. I don't even remember, honestly. So um, it's just you and I today, and we get to talk all about Angular. I'm we kind do. of excited. Yeah. I want to talk yeah. about cats. I, yeah. I'm excited about this. <laughs> me too. Um, so tell me a little bit more about yourself and kind of your journey on the way to, to working at Google. Where did you start off at? Yeah, I started off uh, studying theoretical math, um, super linear engineering. I'm talking yeah. to a super smart person. I didn't know it. No, not at all. I very quickly realized that I did not want to study theoretical math about like one class too deep into switching my major in college. Um, and so I like completed the degree and immediately looked for jobs in tech, like coding. I like took as many CS classes as I could in college. Um, because what was, what was your favorite CS class that you took? Do you remember? Oh, I really liked, uh, oh, what's it called when you like just write really like discrete math, but the coding version. So like A plus, like A and B is A and B. What, like, what's the language that does that? Uh, oh, oh my gosh. I it up. That's, it was, that's a great question. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Yeah, because I took the course, like, but for me, it's been 20 years now. <laughs> it's like that, like, if it's like a big U versus like an upside down U. Yeah. Anyways, yep. the opposite of theoretical math, right? Like, how can we have, like, discrete statements that only have one answer? Um, Did you do like state machines in there and everything else or? Yeah, like as much as possible of like, let's, again, like instead of like theoretically thinking about problems, like let's just have a solution, right? Because like, okay, like we all hate leak code, but like there's one answer and it's really satisfying when you click like run tests and the tests pass. Yes. Um, and there's no such thing as that in like higher level math classes, right? Like proofs. Sometimes, you know, there's no way to click a button and test a proof. Um, is it still like when we talk about like Pythagorean theorem, like we all know it's true, but it's still like a, a theory, right? Yeah, completely. So like anything in that like sort of space of ethereal, like when you stop using numbers and you start using letters, <laughs> like you lost me. Um, and I understand it, but it's just so frustrating. So I, yeah, I ended up getting a job at, like a fintech company I worked on primarily like backend and I've kind of like run the gamut. I did a ton of time in Android development. Um, and I ended up at Google because of Android originally, um, and joined Google during the pandemic and the closest open role happened to be on Angular. So I sort of got like planted into this open source, front-end DevRel role, um, and now I do DevRel on the Angular team. Um, that's really cool. So why did you decide, and I got to back up because I think as we're talking about this, were you at NGConf like two years ago? I was, yeah. 
I think we have met just very, okay. very briefly. So that might yeah. be the connection there. Nice. Yeah. I've been in the NGCOM space, um, all the Angular spaces. Yeah. So. Hanging out with Frosty. Good time. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, so back to my actual question. Uh, how did you decide, like, uh, the engineering path is, is great, but I don't want to sit down and, like, program all day. I want to go into DevRel. I'm in DevRel, so I can kind of understand. But, like, from your perspective, what was that kind of difference yeah. for you? So I didn't know about DevRel, and I I was on a team. I like I had finessed my way onto a team at a fintech company where I owned the button that you press to make payments on, and I had learned very quickly that like if you're in an end role, the the money you make for the company unfortunately matters. But like I I had like the sweet spot of owning the button that made all the money. <laughs> um, but like. I feel, like, I feel like you're the Venmo requests button right now. I don't know what's happening. Uh, it would be the Venmo like confirm payment button. Yeah. Right? Okay. The, the, like the worst possible, the button you hate, um, that takes your money away. But that like that's the sweet spot to be. I think for like an end product team, right? Is like, um, you like just a lot of opportunity comes from places like that. And so I was doing a lot of like open source. We open sourced an accessibility library that I helped write at that company for Android. And I was like uh, talking at conferences um, about that open source work. And I realized what I really liked was like going and talking to people and getting yep. to open source and have other people use the code. Not necessarily like when you own a button like that, you're like, you know, moving it a pixel really matters, let alone like, you know, you're hyper optimizing the performance down to like milliseconds and like that engineering work just wasn't super interesting to me. There, there just wasn't a lot of movement. And I, DevRel is so cool. Cause like you can move things, you can break things, you can launch things that like are slightly broken and you can play around with spaces and like yep. have a little bit more freedom. And so there's like not that. like a whole company kind of reliant on what you're doing. It's like, oh, doc mistake, I can fix this. Yeah, totally. Or like, you know, open source, even better, like someone else will fix yeah. it for you, right? Like you're enabling other people to do that work um, and like creating community. And I think that part is so much more fun than like, yeah. again, like that was the best button to own. And I just wasn't, it wasn't like the the button wasn't worth it. So, yeah. So there's there's two parts to this. Uh, I think the button owning piece seems super super stressful, and like there's a lot riding on it. But DevRel, you're kind of split all over the place. You have to present. You have to know code. You like there's so many things going on. How do you handle like all of DevRel? What is that like for you? Yeah, I think it depends a lot on like, I, there was a really great video by like ending with Ali recently of like the, the cons of DevRel, DevRel. And I think she's also done ones on pros, but like DevRel is so different depending on the company you're at and the season you're in. And like at Google, you know, there's an entire like Google IO season of DevRel where like your job completely shifts to like, you know, no matter, like, depending on the season, the job is different depending on the year. So, like, this year, we've been super focused on, like, a, a secret project that we, like, <laughs> launched to the public. But, like, previous years, I've, like, spent my October touring conferences in Europe. So, like, I think it's 
there are many hats and I, my solution to it is only choosing a few at a time, sure. and like putting the other in the closet. Um, I and think like, it's really difficult. At least I feel this way that I'm always letting someone down instead of like, I've got this. It's like, you know, I, I edited videos today. I recorded this. I like went out and did a blog post. Like there's so much stuff. And then I'm like, Oh shoot. I didn't meet with marketing to talk about X, Y, and Z. And there's like, I just, my wife's always like, how's today? I'm like, I don't know. I have more to do. Like it's always yeah. more to do. It's kind of endless. Yeah. I think like <laughs> that's a cycle I could get out of for sure. I think we all feel that. And I'm sure that's not specific to DevRel, but like uh Deverell definitely highlights like yeah. you're supposed to be doing 20 things which means you're doing zero things well which means right. um so like the solution i've come up with is like let's only do two things and just publicly acknowledge the others might not you know that's um, fair well, very cool um i think you kind of mentioned a secret project and right after this ad break we're gonna jump into it be right back how in the world could I forget about this? There's no need to freak out. We have Storyblock. Robert, you're right. But we still need a plan. Okay, how much time do we have left until the launch? 24 hours. Okay, let's go. ready to publish. So let's get this baby online. Thank you, Storyblock. Really love that you're sponsoring us still. You can make uh, these things happen. <laughs> so Emma, the secret project was... Uh, a rebrand of all of Angular and New All Dawn. of Angular. I mean, that's huge, right? How long did yeah. this take? I mean, you're in the background working for how long? Uh, it depends what you define as the start. We started with a designer in January. So like eight months. January of 23? Yes. Wow. Okay. It's like eight months. Um, that said, like what we launched is where like the brand is 100%, right? There's no such thing as like two brands at once or a beta version of a logo. Um, so that's fully out there. That's fully the new Angular, that's V17 forward. The documentation we launched is beta um, so okay. that we could open source it and start testing it in public. Um, and I that when we did the reveal, I was supposed to click oh. this, sorry. <laughs> yeah, boom. Um, and then the, so these beta docs are uh, like, they're beta. Um, and the plan is to work in open source over the next like six months, stabilize them and, uh, make them stable in the next version release in like May. So when I, when I go to angular, if I could type that IO angular 17 still included in these docs. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So like the quick way that we're approaching this for like, uh, people familiar with open source is. Uh, you have to scroll down on the sidebar if you're oh, go back up to the docs. You're you're in like a click docs. Oops. You're, you're highlighting why we created new docs. If you go to docs versions on the left, um, so stable there yeah. represents v17. Yeah. Got so it. in the future, 
these stocks, Angular IO is not going anywhere, but they will remain like v17.angular.io um, and starting v18 forward, uh, angular.dev will be the place to be. So the version picker in angular.dev, when we add it back in, we'll start with 17 and go forward. Oh, really? Okay. So you'll kind of call this site like archived, it'll be kept around for legacy and... Yeah, yeah, because we, the way like, we do docs or at least the way we do docs is we if you click those versions they're just snapshots of like the api surface at the time so like if you are still using an older version and working on updating like they'll be there in the world but like starting v18 we will just redirect direct you similar to how other frameworks have done docs um I believe the old docs i'm probably gonna get the subdomain wrong it used to have like a next.angular.io i think yeah is they, that so going, with the, with the like, public side of this, will that continue? We'll always see kind of what's coming up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, on angular.dev. Like we will follow that same thing of um, the, the way the deployment works. It's pretty, our docs look really simple, but they are essentially like a CMS built in Angular within the Angular repo. So if you go to github.com angular slash angular, uh, like where all the source code is, it's also building all of the documentation. So we like generate API reference from all of our source code. So if you add a new API or we change an API, we're generating it there. Um, so that's what that next is doing is like, you can go look at what the APIs are changing. Cool. Um, yeah. I see a lot of Basil floating around. Basil, yeah. I always say. Yeah. Around. yeah, it's fine. Uh, floating around in here. So it looks like a very, what I'd call Google mono repo or giant repo-esque, but like this is just just for the Angular stub, huh? Yeah, yep. This it's, is cool. I, yeah, it's a mono repo. It's, it's cool, you know, our team at Google obviously works in the Google mono repo, but we also primarily work in GitHub first and then sync with the Google mono repo. But this, the way Angular Angular is run is um, very much like similar to the G3 mono repo. Um, cool. Yeah. And if I'm out here and I'm like, oh, that's spelled wrong. The easiest way is to click something maybe. Uh, the easiest way is once we fully open source the docs, um, so like we're still in the interim of working, but if you scroll to the top, there will be a little pencil icon next to the header. Okay. Like right, yeah, exactly right there. Um, that will take you to GitHub and you can edit the file. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we already have, I think, like 30 new contributors to the docs who have gone and done that. Um, wow. Yeah. So if you're interested in open source contributions, uh, we have a huge project ready for your contributions. And we've been seeing it, right? Cause like, I don't know how much open source development you do, but like the the top way that we recommend getting started is docs, right? Especially, sure. especially like one of the goals of this new website was to build like, not only build documentation for Angular, but build like a repo where if you look at the folder, it's built how we recommend building Angular. So. Okay. It uses SSR, it's SSG, it uses the newest hydration model, it uses the application builder, it uses everything in V17. 
um, that like the best, most performant Angular app could use. It uses the new experimental view transitions API from the browser. Like it, it uses literally everything. So if you are an Angular developer um, or you know how to write Angular code, you can go build the repo and like fix it and improve it. And we've had a lot of people do that already. Um, and like that, that is a good way to contribute to open source. So I think uh, you brought up some some key words that I want to talk about. Um, I think some things were introduced in 16, but the SSR, SSG side of things, uh, I'm very curious about. So a lot of the newer frameworks are going to more of like a file-based structure. Um, when you take like a look at uh, Next.js or SvelteKit or you name it, um, we're kind of floating in that. Uh, I sat down last night with... Um, someone from Cyprus and we're we're kind of working through how to make this work and it's still for us kind of coming out of these other frameworks that are like I just don't get it still so um, can you break down like the differences and how angular does that with kind of their the, the router and like the there's a, I think there's a text file if you're doing a SSG uh, and, and what that looks like yeah, and I'm probably not the best person to explain okay. granularly, so I can I can try. Um, so SSR and SSG has definitely been. I mean, there are a lot of things in V17. Like I think the blog post will be tagged. Uh, one of them is improving the SSR story. So something you hinted at is like file based routing or like other frameworks, other like libraries have sort of have like frameworks built around them that provide like meta framework is like a marketing term some have used. Sure. Normally yep. that means like SSR and file-based routing. So instead of file-based routing, which is something I think like if we were to do, we would put into like a public issue and take feedback on, we feel like we get 50-50 responses on whether people hate it or love it. Um, <laughs> And I don't know if it's required technically to be a meta framework because that term is also made up kind of by Java. Um, sure. But uh, the SSR piece, we took what used to be Angular Universal. Okay, that's what I was like, going to ask next. Yeah, so there's like this term Angular Universal if you're familiar with Angular in prior versions. And it was probably around prior to any of these other meta frameworks, right? Yep. It was like the original idea of like, let's have this thing that does this sort of set of feature sets that people are asking for that have then other frameworks have continued to build off of and build out this idea of the meta framework. We have gone maybe a little bit different of approach and just taken universal and built it into Angular itself. And so you can now do ng new app name, and it will, in the prompts, ask if you want to set up SSR. So out of the box, you can just build SSR in as a package. Um, so it's not like going and reaching for a meta framework around a library. It's sort of that like box yeah. of included things you can reach for. And then the other piece of that is like in order to build like an SSR app, right? Um, you, you have to know your routes. So you have to like, you know, there's like this text file or there's like a way to do that. File-based routing is one where like you can just say, oh, I have all my content in a structure that I can like build from. What Angular has done in V17 that's like somewhat uh, still under developer preview is we've moved to this thing that the tooling team has sort of labeled as a package of the application builder 
So it's the ES build or it's the ES server, like a build server, using V as the dev server out of the box. That's the default for V17 uh, projects. And you can also migrate to it if you're ng updating from an older version. Um, and what the application builder does that's still experimental is actually build a text file of all of the routes to SSR ahead of time for the server so that when it's in its build process, it's doing that. In order to do that, you have to supply some information to the router of the structure it's looking for. Okay. So, um, so like if you set if you set up like a, a blog, let's say, and you place the uh, terrible with the name of it, but essentially where the slug would go, and you say, here's all my dynamic things coming from a CMS. Mm -hmm. Is it the expectation during that build process that you would fetch all of that data off the CMS and put it into this kind of text file that it's going to read? Yeah. It, so okay. essentially during build time, it's doing that. And then the other piece of that that has become really popular is hydration. So like, how do you then hydrate the dynamic pieces of that page when you do load it? And so there's all these pieces of features, like there's this feature set across the web of like, I think every application will need to decide what level of granularity it needs of like, how much are you SSR? Like how much is SSR? How much is SSG? How much do you want to hydrate at runtime? And how much do you want to defer load, which is the piece we haven't talked about where like the other thing we've introduced in V17 is this idea of defer loading, where if you like, want to trigger, you know, we all know what lazy loading is where you lazy load routes or pages at a later time. You can yep. do that even more granularly with a defer block now. So you can defer, to use a better word, like loading <laughs> even further than lazy loading. So now you have like an SSR page that's built from a CMS that the router knows it's fetching from its like ES bundle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes visuals are great. Yes. <laughs> so you have lazy loading where you're like lazy loading a route. And then even further from that, you can defer further content. Uh, I think the blog is the best place to go through all of these things. Yeah. But clearly, like be between SSR, SSG, application builders, defer, lazy loading. Like there is the, the other big one for me at least, is a big change kind of to the syntax as well um, mm -hmm. yeah. with the conditionals. So yeah. this, this is a major change in my mind. Yeah, completely. So I guess to like finish the thought Sorry. on loading, no, you're good. Um, like all of these things sort of bundle into this idea of like performance where I think in the past and like the, the new website, the new brand is all built on the idea that we feel like Angular is in a new era of like focusing on new things or like the evolution of what the framework can provide has evolved since it was originally created. Um, and it's always been backwards compatible, but we'd like to push performance. We'd like to push like there are all these applications and millions of developers using Angular who are like benefiting from the backwards compatibility and like ng updating every six months to oh, get wow. these built-in benefits. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's huge. And we recognize there's like large enterprises. So the more we can build in that's performance-based, 
the more that like, if you can't go to these like cutting edge frameworks that are using like hybrid rendering, you know, all of these like cool fancy things, how can we build them into like such a large batteries included framework in a way that like you're getting some of this out of the box and we enable even more if you like go and reach for it. Nice. So all of those are like in that performance piece um, in this like velocity, like let's have the team move faster. Let's also let the framework move faster. Um, the other piece of that is developer experience where in order to do defer, like in order to have uh, deferable views on the web, we needed to look at how you write templates, um, which is controversial because like <laughs> people love a good syntax war. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My, my biggest thing is always do I put the, like the templating and the, like the HTML, like in the a string uh, templates like directly in the component or is it this separate file i know by default it's always separate file for css and that but i love that's the one thing yeah. i like about jsx where it's kind of like all there or like yeah. svelte or whatever i always yeah. go for that like i update I, the what angular.json and and set those items i love that yeah i write single file components too nice. um but I know that there are places where like, if you're actually writing an application for millions of people that is like delta.com, you probably want to have your yeah. own like HTML template somewhere. And I, I totally get that. So we, we enable both. Um, <laughs> but for small apps, I, I write single file components. Um, and so like, you know, we get pushes for JSX, like we, probably are not going that way, but you know, we continue to explore, but we are looking at like the authoring format of Angular, both the class-based decorator authoring format and within the template. Oh, okay. um, in V17, we introduced this control flow, uh, which is again, that syntax that was shown on the screen of like the at for, at if, at switch, at, uh, like if else, um, so like conditional statements, like a way to essentially overhaul ng if and some of these like special angular syntax sugar, like the syntactical sugar angular sort of magically adds yeah. in order to, it, this does a few things. It enabled things like defer, um, it enabled, uh, future explorations in the template. And then it also allowed us to revisit the algorithms for like diffing in the framework. So if you look at, uh, I believe you've had the benchmarks at some point on the page, but like not only are we introducing things that people had asked for, like being able to iterate through a for loop and have like an else block um, in your template, like directly in HTML, but right, like this is one of the things people like about JSX in some ways. Right. Um, some people absolutely hate it. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> Totally. And like 50-50, again, like the survey yeah. is 50-50 if they like it. But uh, I think if you scroll down, there's the public benchmarks of like the performance benefits of this. Before I, I get like just too far, uh, you talked about ng update. Is this something that's kind of built in? It'll parse through your files and like update this? So this is under developer preview. And what that means is we reserve the right to make changes to it. Okay. Uh, without like providing backwards compatibility at this moment, this will be stabilized in probably like a minor, the next version. Okay. And we do have a migration schematic that updates 
all of your syntax to this. We tested it on angular.dev. We've tested it on all of Google's mono repo. Oh, okay. um, and when it is stable and recommended, we will include it in ng update for v17. The schematic is available. It's in this blog post, so I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like ng generate something, something migration. It's in this blog post if you want it. Um, there you go. Cool. <laughs> Angular core control control flow. Um, it's like almost 100% uh, automatic. That's like, amazing. I, we, I mean, to go through and parse everything. Yeah, we it because it's syntax and if else is so discreet, it right. like actually works really well. So yeah, so we did it for uh, Angular.dev was probably the largest repo we've tested it on. Um, it was like a one hour change, so that was great. Holy smokes! <laughs> um, yeah, and then if you scroll up, those benchmarks are Genius. why we did it. Um, and this is again, the community framework benchmark site. So like we don't do these, someone else does, but, okay. um, we rewrote the diffing algorithm for things like the for loop in order to be significantly faster, right? Like, uh, sort of like a byproduct of this feature was that we got to improve the performance of like really low level parts of the compiler. Um, and skip some of the, again, like that syntactical sugar is performantly expensive. So like ng if inherently, because we're looking at it in your template just costs more than if we have it as like a discrete at four block. Um, and so you can see, I believe the one on the very right is without, yeah, that's ng four. So things like swap row are really expensive. And uh, those other ones are, the performance improvements of this. Um, so we're headed towards that world on the left where if you compare this to other frameworks, which I've tweeted about, we didn't include in this blog post, but outside of Solid, who is killing it in performance, um, we are performing very fast in public benchmarks. And those are public benchmarks. They're not everything. Um, sure. Like, they're, you know, they're not a real simulated app of an enterprise of a million customers, but they do show that like these things that people had on their mind about Angular's performance or its heaviness or its bundle size, like its memory allocation usage, like we like are no longer that Angular. Yeah, I, I feel like that. So I, I started Angular 2, like the, the actual Angular 2, right? and um probably wrote that for until i don't know like eight ish somewhere in there and then like other things started happening right with the meta frameworks and things like that and Next.js started killing it even though i i still hate react so that's why i switched over to Svelte now but all of that said like i still love the story of angular right i used to work with mishko like talking to him and like how he he created this thing it was unbelievable um but the, the batteries included like aspect of it to be able to sit down and like every person on the team knows how to create a component. They know where things are at. Like, it's such a great story. And now that we're kind of like in this new era of Angular, it's kind of amazing to me that like, you know, if you would have stuck with it all that time, Alex, you'd be like, now, you know, like all of this, plus we're going to get all the performance benefits and tooling yeah. and all that fun stuff. So 
Yeah. It's an interesting trade-off of like, you know, the, the four words used on the team, like for the feature direction and our roadmap is fully rewritten on angular.dev. So angular.dev slash roadmap has, has everything we are currently working on, have completed and are looking at in the future. Um, but they all fit into developer experience and performance. Like those are the two places we feel like we're bringing like angular is differentiating from the market because like I go right for like, you know, apps and other frameworks, not only because it's good to explore, but because we all, everything has a different use case. Yeah. We know Angular's users and like, we want to make sure that if you know Angular really well, you can still jump into other code bases. Like we're still opinionated in some ways. I like that. Other people don't. Yeah. But that battery is included. Like I think got a bad rep for a lot of time because people associated it with being like heavy and verbose and hard to learn. Yeah. And I think like, we I think realized... they felt like they couldn't be creative because you're like, stay in your lane, like go down this road, everything yeah. like from a visual aspect too, people are like, everything's angular material now for like, I don't know, two years. It kind of felt that way. So, yeah. And so I think we've decided where, what I think a term that I've used on the team is like, we've, become more opinionated about where we want to be opinionated. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. With, with testing, we've really opened it up to like, we have partners on Cypress. We have, you know, web test runner. We have just, we have like, we have enabled people to reach for what they want and be less opinionated there. And we've become more opinionated on things like reactivity where like, we are still in the process of overhauling Angular's reactivity system to be like what we think will be most performant for people under the hood. And a lot of that is like, you know, batteries included, just like we're gonna like put it under there, like at the low level internals of the framework so that we can be fast for you and still have that magical sugar. But like, let's be opinionated about that magic and where it makes sense and where it actually is like hurting the developer experience. Um, and like, yeah, I, I think like we will only continue to have, you know, like uh, Angular material has become more opinionated about being less opinionated about what it looks like, right? Like we- Yeah, so is that part like the CDK and, and material design and stuff like that, will that be updated later or is that, because for a while they aligned the versions, right? So everything was updated the same? Yeah, so V17 of Material and the CDK came out with uh, V17 of the framework. It's getting a little bit less uh, like jazz in this version because they're like one minor release away from being fully on the new like Material 3. Gotcha. Um, that team manages all of Material, like Angular Material usage across all of Google. So they are like, 99.5% of the way done with getting all of Google on material three for angular. Um, cool. and so in a minor release, they will update, but yeah, angular V 17 for material also came out 2024. They plan on redoing their documentation to match angular.dev. So there will be a material.angular.dev, um, that documents that, that includes like, as I said, like, uh, they become less opinionated about styling. So there's a whole new theming. Like you can override any of the themes in Angular Material now, which is cool. what I've been asking for since day one. Yeah. <laughs> Let me change the radius of the button or color. 
Yep. Um, and so, so when they when they kind of release those aspects of it, um, is that still like an ng updatable thing on Material? Cool. Yeah, they did jump to a new like behind the scenes a few two versions ago. They jumped from Angular Material to MDC Angular Material under the hood, and there was a migration there similar to like the ivy migration migration a little bit um so i think that there are a lot of like larger angular material users that are still working through that migration but once you're on those new ones that's all under the hood awesome um, yeah what am i missing i feel like we covered a lot yeah i mean i don't know what like what else in the announcement makes you excited uh, i think the, the biggest thing for me uh, coming out of it was like Angular Universal for me was always such a pain. And I think that's why I originally started looking away from Angular because there was easier solutions that were kind of out there. Even though I didn't like, I am not a React fan at all, but because of what the Next.js framework itself, the meta framework um, created, it was awesome. So you had people um, like, I think Frosty came out with, uh, what was his SSG? Scully right yeah. so scully came out and you're like oh that's kind of neat i wish they would put that in and then brandon's got his analog. meta framework analog floating yeah. around which has more of that file-based routing and you're like could that continue to be a meta framework and it feels like there's still kind of those things floating around and so for me what i was excited about is maybe i can finally like take all the the things i love about angular and actually stay in the meta framework um of angular itself yeah, completely. And I think there's a ton more work to do there. Like, it has clearly jumped on our priority list. It's still on our roadmap of continuous work of like, uh, there are so many buzzwords in that space, right? Like, uh, streaming is like something we're exploring next, right? Like, how do you build the best demo app of like, literally all of the features you just said, like, <laughs> so that people can go and take that pattern and use it. And yeah. I think the the web is still in kind of a reckoning of what they want there, right? Like there are frameworks bringing like partial hydration or uh, which is something we're exploring or even like- um, I know I mean, like Quick's doing streaming, you know, Mishka's got that thing going on now too. So that's kind of interesting if, parts of that could come in, then it's like instant, so. Yeah, and like we're working with internal teams on that, right? So like Quick is based on uh, like the pattern of Wiz, which is a Google internal framework that does like a streaming, you know, very performant hydration model. Yep. And there are things about that that like we, uh, the Jessica and Andrew, the people leading that like exploration of performance on the Angular team, like are weighing all of these different buzzwords and like how to tackle the most impactful. Um, it's why things like, I think file-based routing haven't really come up as the number one. Cause they're like, what if we could provide streaming out of the box? Yeah. Um, that will bubble to the top for sure. Yeah, for sure. So like streaming, I think is probably number one on their list as well as partial hydration. And there's models for why, like we think those are good fits. Um, it's also because all of those things, like the hydration that came out of developer preview and is stable in V17 is literally a single line config update in your Angular JSON, which is oh, like, right. like 
if you can hydrate your entire app with a single line, like <laughs> the, the impact of that is just so great. Yeah. Especially when people talk about like this confusing, complex thing to learn. Um, if you're like interested and confused about everything we're talking about, the reason for the new docs is that we also rewrote all of the documentation on this. So if you go to the new docs, there is like an entire section on runtime performance. There are pages on deferred loading or defer deferred views, pages on hydration, pages on SSR. You know, there's no longer a page called universal because then you have to know what universal is. It's just, it's called SSR right. and we're going to tell you about it. And it's, you know, going to introduce these things. So like bringing them closer and more easily to new developers and then people like you and I, who are really interested in like know a little bit deeper can also get the guides in like a digestible way and have like more of that built-in benefit. Yeah, and I love the like new tutorials. Like I think there could be additional tutorials kind of coming in the future as well. Like this feels like the beginning of of something amazing. Not that it's not amazing. There's a lot of work that's been done on it. But um, I was going to ask you, did uh, was, did you end up using web containers for all of this? Yeah. So nice. Eric and the Stacklets team are yeah. fantastic. Um, and have built a fantastic API surface for that. So yeah. So we did partner with and use Stacklets as web containers. Um, we have so a we have a pod on that, folks. If you want to check it out, Eric came on and we talked all about it. Yeah. So if you want to complain about that, go go tweet him. No, but uh, <laughs> we are once we open source the docs into like a more runnable state, like we are still working with Stacklets on the stability of those. Uh, so what you're talking about is something we added in the new docs and probably the largest add is a tutorials and playground section, which allows you to in the browser, like learn angular from scratch. Um, yeah. I think there's like a 22 step tutorial. Each one is bite-sized so you can like go, it was built so that like if you're coming back to Angular and you don't want to learn about components because you've written them before, you can just jump to like the control flow section, right? Because like nobody knows control flow. It's brand new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like There's a really dope uh, like should go viral kind of thing on the playground. Let me bring it up real quick. Okay. This right here on the guess of this angle. So like. We all know that's that's 180, right? Like 185 somewhere right there. This thing's so cool. So now I can share it on Twitter and look what comes out. I yeah. love that. That's like the next Wordle thing that should appear on everything. Thanks. We have gotten a lot of them. Um, uh, this was built by an amazing uh, Angular game dev um, whose name is If Then Create. Um, Wow. who is a, a amazing talker. Uh, I will tag her TikTok, but she does amazing Angular content. Um, cool. Yeah, so she's just a close friend and also amazing game dev. Um, and tech TikToker, and we need tech TikTokers. Um, but yeah, so this playground, if you select a template, like you can play around with all of the, uh, on the upper right. Um, I didn't even know that was there. Sorry. I no, played with the site the other night for a while. Yeah. So you can play with like an example of signals, uh, an example of control flow. We'll add more, but like you can start with a hello world. Like, um, 
Uh, so we built this like embedded playground for you to play with Angular. Um, really cool. And all of like our V17 patterns that we would like to see people do. Um, we're going to add sharing hopefully once the security clearance uh, works since we don't want to build anything malicious, but um, the tutorials are built with the same infrastructure. And so all of this is on web containers and stacklets um, and allows you to walk through. I, uh, I was bummed. I, I use Brave and uh, the shields uh, kind of kill the web containers. So it's too bad. Oh, no. I had to go shields down. Um, see, that's good feedback. So right now, I think like we are stabilizing it. And besides typos, which I'm sure there's hundreds, um, I've only seen... Yeah, anyways, uh, besides typos, we're working on tutorials. And those tutorials are the largest like new feature of the docs. And they allow you to walk through learning or revisiting and testing Angular in the browser. Right now, we have the two. One is like conceptual. and One is like 0 to 100, build a whole app, or 0 to 10, let's say. Sure. Um, and what you referred to is like where we plan to head next, which is I think something that other frameworks don't do. Um, and I think we can all do better is uh, like build a ton of mini tutorials on like, the team is really eager to build one on like learning SSR. So like, let's just focus on like the SSR story of like introducing you to the words there, or let's just look at signals where like, in the next major release, we plan to have like a fully fleshed out signals story um, really cool. to like learn reactivity. And so like, how can you deep dive into these where like something I find really frustrating about docs is like when the docs start to walk me through implementation steps, but also like are providing me a guide, but also acting as like an API reference. And so something we're hoping to do with our new docs is like really set out like what each one does where in the guides you can plan to read about it in the api reference you can look at the api in sure. the tutorials i can like learn and code and i like there shouldn't be a lot of overlap between those um i always have a hard distinction on all of that and i think i do a poor job on coding cat with that distinction too like i i think there's like a, a gap there that needs to like you if you want it a certain way like you need to go down that path i think you guys are doing a really good job of the yeah the, the one part that you have is and this is this part i always go back and forth on and mine's more like course space where this is you know tutorials so like is the free code camp version of check mine right and mm -hmm. like you guys have the reveal answer and i'm always mm -hmm. like do I say check it or do you just show them? And it's always like, ugh. Yeah. They, so at, for MVP, like we haven't gotten a ton of feedback on that yet. We, I, I've gotten a world of feedback. And so it's been interesting where like the reason we open sourced this um, and the reason it was important to was like we spent six months building. We like worked with UX and design and like did the best possible, but like if we open source it, we'll just get a lot more feedback and implementation yeah. and see what people actually want and we'll respond to it and we'll continue to work on it. And like, it's interesting to see what people do and don't want. Yeah. The, the check answer has oddly not come up a lot. I think like there's been one conversation I saw about like being able to look at 
like an in progress versus solved. So like being able to go back to like a stored state of like right. your progress, but uh, the solution doesn't seem to be a problem. People, people love to be given the solution. Yes. <laughs> That's, um, fine. That's cool. Yeah. Um, two more things and then we'll break into picks. Uh, zone JS is that, I know that was kind of a big thing last release released before. Is that still a thing? And I'll wait, I'll, I'll ask you the second piece. Go ahead. Okay. So zone JS, as you saw in those benchmarks, the, the one to the most left is a no zone approach. Okay. That is very much where we're headed, where we would like to make it so that zones are not a part of angular. Yeah. And we have the path to it. It's just, a, you know, Ivy unlocked it. Each release, we have slowly been taking incremental steps to get to a place where we can officially recommend it. We will never remove it in a way that you can't reach for it, or at least we won't for quite a while because there are many apps that are just built on that like magic. Yeah. But in order to get the performance that like we know super users want, like we will provide an out of the box way and a recommended path to no longer including zones unless you like reach for it. Um, the next step of that is that fully fleshed out signal story with signal based inputs, signal based components, and a no zone approach. I think earlier today I saw uh, my manager say on a podcast that that's within six months. So I'll publicly yeah, say that, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like the no zone is like six months out, like V18, we hope, but give us leeway if that doesn't happen. Cool. I think you actually answered my next piece. I was going to ask you if the rendering engine was going to um, kind of move on from IV. I know IV kind of stands for uh, four, right? IV is part of that. Um, I didn't know if that would be a rewrite coming soon either, but it sounds like probably stick on that for a while. Uh, so... Everything was on Vue Engine from V2 until V9, I believe, V8 or V9. Uh, in V9, we like finally released IV. That was like that big project that I think like maybe hurt a lot of people's trust in Angular's velocity. Um, IV is literally the backbone of every feature we've done since. Okay. Then like control flow signals, all of that, like the team feels very confident that that is like the right rendering engine at the current moment for all of the features we've built on top of it. Um, cool. We are slowly making incremental improvements. I know the forms team, like we, we eventually want to rewrite forms to provide a single option there so that you no longer have two ways to do forms. Yes. <laughs> um, sig after signals, <laughs> we will have a signal approach way of doing forms, which is exactly what signals are built for. That's um, awesome. All of these things slowly mean we're rewriting the rendering engine of like templates and all of these stuff. So like we're slowly improving all these performance benefits come from slow rewrites to Ivy, but the overall model of Ivy isn't going anywhere. That's cool. like, that is the backbone that took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember listening to podcasts on updates and, how frustrated people were like, where's the, all the major things and now we're getting them. So it's, it's yeah. exciting. I love that everything's kind of moved towards open source style. So we can kind of get in there and like help as a community and talk in the open more and, and stuff like that. So it's really exciting. Yeah. All right. I've grilled you enough. 
we are going to jump into something we call perfect picks. I don't know that I maybe did a poor job telling you we were going to do that earlier. I'll do mine first. You can think about yours. Favorite Netflix show thing you bought. Here's okay. mine first. Uh, if I actually open the screen right. So I just I just got this um, because for Fusion Auth, I'm going out to AWS reInvent and I'm doing kind of a person on the street, if you will. And so I'm like going around asking people, I'll, I'll give them like JWT, what, how do you pronounce this? And it'll be like, jot and they'll say it completely wrong because no one ever says it right um and a bunch of questions like that and if they answer them right i'll give them some swag or like send them to our booth for swag or whatever but i'm gonna try to document excuse me document the entire process of me getting on the plane going to vegas seeing the sphere in the aws like venetian blah 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 so i'm gonna try to make a whole film out of it and we'll see how it turns out so I'm loving it so far. There's a lot of buttons I need to learn, though. Whoa. Okay. This all goes back to, I think, tech TikToker. I want to see it on TikTok. Oh, for sure. My TikTok is, like, loaded right now. Okay. I'll go check it out. I try and keep tech off of my TikTok, ironically, but... Um... I, have, I have personal TikTok, Coding Cat TikTok, and now Fusion Off TikTok. Um, I love it that that's what I do with Instagram and now I don't use any of them. Um, mine is maybe, well, I can say something else. I don't know if this counts. You'll have to let me know. Um, I spent the weekend advertising this to all of my friends, but taking local community college classes, mm. like go check out. So I have become a community college student in the last year and it is like fantastic. There is, there are so many interesting people and people outside of tech in whatever city you're in. Like every city has a community college of some sort. That's like a local campus. Yeah. It's a cool community to get involved with, but also the programs they offer are like, you know, uh, vocational, like hands on things that like I, I at least have not had an opportunity to do in tech and in like tech spheres. So I'm in floristry school now. Wait, uh, did you say floristry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like floral design. Whoa. Okay. Um, so like I go, like I'm in night school to like doing floral arrangements most nights. Um, wow. That's incredible. That's a class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, uh, the flowers are included in my program specifically. Um, if you're in San Francisco, I would highly recommend all San Francisco residents get free community college. Um, what? So for $0 a week, I am like doing, bringing home floral designs every week and it's wow. fantastic. But wherever you are, since this is not San Francisco specific, like local community college classes are like a great community and just the number of things I have a friend doing like uh, construction management of learning, like he wants to like improve his house and like there's like zoning stuff that he like wanted to know more about. And there's an entire class on like construction zone management zoning, right? Like that's not a class I could take when I was <laughs> in school and like how useful is that? Yeah, um, absolutely. 
uh, my best friend in college. So I went to a, a local college, Grand Valley uh, State University. Nice. And after he kind of finished up with his tech stuff, he was always more on the like business side of it, but he always loved to cook. And he's like, I'm going to culinary school. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm going down to, to Grand Rapids Community College. I'm taking culinary. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that was a thing. And it turns out it's like one of the best schools I don't know nationally, but like it's a yeah. really well-known school to go to culinary school. That's why I have a friend who just signed up because I told them about community college and they're in uh, the pastry school now. So like specifically learning like French croissants from like a very specific French woman, you know, like it just is a very cool. If you're looking for a yeah. hobby and you want to leave the tech sphere. And build a and, community too, right? Like you get and, to go meet other people that's amazing and do something like hands-on yeah um, post-covid i feel like this is very important we're all still kind of in our houses for some reason so yeah completely so i like, don't know if i should use the term post-covid i'm probably saying that wrong we're still in covid sorry sure like i'd be safe in that community but yeah. like it, if you're looking for something in like outside of a tech hobby um community college has crazy dope that's a, that's a fantastic pick i loved it yeah. Cool. Well, Emma, thank you so much. Thanks for introducing me to Angular 17 and diving in and seeing all about all the new stuff. I can't wait to see what's around the corner. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care.